How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Fucking swell. Or really? fucking swole. Oh. Because I have my Herculean god here, a representation. Ian. How's it going tonight, Ian? It's going fantastic. Thank you for having me. I was very curious, like, uh, for when you said Herculean God, I was like, yeah, but which Herculean God do you think Ian is? And then my brain was just like, you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not the only one that's dumb, because as soon as you led that train of thought, I'm like, which Herculean God would I be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, I am dumb. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not alone there. Well, if you could choose to be one of the Olympic pantheon, who do you most identify with, or who would you mm. like to be most identified with? I Is mean, if, we're, if do I get to pick the portraits from Hades? That's uh, basically how I base yeah. all that information for myself. I don't know. I, I I would love to be Big Hembo Dionysus. Yeah, Dionysus is immediately there. I feel like um, I was gonna say Neptune. That's the wrong. That's the uh, the Roman. Wrong. Wrong pantheon. Wow, get him out of though. here. Poseidon. Mars? Can I do Mars? <laughs> I started listing planets. You'll, you'll be bound to get a few. I really like Poseidon, though. Gameplay-wise and... Well, I didn't pick him as much gameplay-wise. I was about to say. <laughs> but oh, so he, 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 he has some good builds, definitely. Um, But his attitude is, is up there, for sure. Uh, Dave, this you're is Hades. Here putting everyone on the spot, but which? Oh, I was uh... Quickly buying time in my head. Uh, who's who's the speedy guy? Hermes. Hermes, Hermes yeah. <laughs> I'm like Sonic, just zipping around out there. Until you talk about the boss fight, right? Hades, yeah, it's Hades. <laughs> it's very speedy. <laughs> Got to the underworld. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Darkness. <laughs> I mean, Hades is the only one canonically in that game that has a dog, so that's automatically a victory. That's and true. And three heads you can pet at once. Easy yeah. sell. Yeah. There was a... There was a... I, I was... I can't remember what content it was, but someone was speculating. Oh, no, I do remember now. It was the... Um, it was a podcast with... Uh, a video podcast with um, Brandon Sanderson and another author... And they were talking about Hades and they speculated. The other guy wasn't like a big fan of Hades based off his first impressions. And when he heard that Cerberus was in the game, he's like, oh, you're going to have to fight it and stuff. And Brandon Sanderson's just kind of sitting back here like smirking. He's like, absolutely not. Don't have to fight the dog. Game's too good. And then you get Uh, to actually pet the dog. mm -hmm. Yeah. All I do in that game is pet that dog and give him treats. It's It's perfect. It's a side quest every time to give them treats, but people people would do that because you're getting treats for a dog. That's a justifiable side quest. Maybe you could unlock like another animation where he like rolls on his back. Oh, too precious. Just saying. We'll save yeah, that H- one Hades for the DLC. one is Hades one pretty good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're gonna be able to top it, you know. Yeah. With the second Hades. Oh my gosh! Do you have the inside scoop? Are we announcing this? This, this Justin. <laughs> Justin, are you there? Um, <laughs> this Justin. Oh, I'm using my dad's humor now. All right. Yeah, I got to mute Dave. Me. You can take over for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't tell me you've muted me. Let me think I'm participating like a, <laughs> like a younger brother on an unplugged uh, controller. Oh, my gosh. We just unplugged his microphone as a joke. <laughs> uh-huh. 
But Hades 2 was uh, announced at the Game Awards and it had a little trailer and I am I'm there for it. Yeah, looks good. Yeah, if I think uh, out of all the things that were announced at the Game Awards, it was both the most unexpected and maybe the most anticipated thing for me, at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of reasons not to expect Hades 2 to be announced. Primarily, Supergiant has never made a sequel for one of their previous games. It's it's always been reinvent the wheel every time, right? Like a lot yeah, of times, it's a top down kind of like isometric type situation. But Bastion and Hades are not the same game, right? Oh no! I actually saw some folks online who are very negative on Supergiant right now, saying they have sold out because they've decided to make a sequel to a game. Like every mm -hmm. other AAA developer out there, ignoring yeah. the fact that their batting record right now is perfect. Right. Yeah. I, also, they Hades won huge commercial success. Uh, they don't have to like put it on Epic and have it be a time thing for mm -hmm. Epic's money. So like they're doing okay, um, and I'm sure that they will branch out of Hades and do more stuff. But people fucking loved Hades, so why would you not? Yeah. Continue that that relationship also just like the content that was in Hades it was very clear that like Supergiant was very invested in the world I mean you could kind of make this argument for most of their games Pyre 2 had like a bunch of character relationships and things like that but like they finished development on Hades and the game has a concrete you know credits roll ending and even then I was kind of I kind of got the impression I was like this could have gone on Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the previous ones were pretty much self-contained stories without going into spoilers like, well, there could have been a bastion, too. But for Pyre, like nah. um, Hades, absolutely, you could do a time skip. And it's not like it's like they're undoing everything in the first game. There is clearly a time skip. This is like the next generation for Hades, too. Yeah, it's I'm actually I, I would willing to bet that the development cycle, development cycle for Hades 2 was somewhere along the lines of, okay, guys, stop writing story and having ideas for Hades the world. Uh -huh. It's time to end early access. I think we're going to have to release at some point. And they're like, oh, well, you could you could finish up and you know master this and get it sold, but we're going to keep writing stuff and just throw this in a pile. And when it gets big enough, we've got some ideas. I like that headcanon. Like, they sent everybody home for the holidays after they shipped it, and it was gold. They were like, all right, this is the finished product. They sent everybody home. It's like, maybe if you have time, just, like, spitball ideas for a new game and stuff. And then everyone came back to the table, and they're like, Hades. <laughs> <laughs> Hades, but two. Uh-huh. Like, they obviously did not include everybody uh, from the whole pantheon possible. So, like, there is a lot that they can draw from. For characters, they got some mm -hmm. stuff, um, but they're really good at just making characters unique and interesting. Whether it's, hey, we're taking a form of something that's already canon in another universe or doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. Like the two seconds that Dora was on screen and she was just like a shade, uh -huh. they're already like, oh, Dora's like the best character, it can be my favorite. I'm like, what is popping up? It's like the community is already really on board, and I'm sure it yeah. will be a good character. But, like, that's where their strength is. So well, let I mean, me ask. 
Oh, go ahead, Jake. I was going to say, let me ask you guys, uh, because I actually didn't, I didn't do the deep dive on the trailer. Do you know, is it established, are we in theorizing territory? Is the person like, the play, is the protagonist the daughter of Zagreus and it's a new generation? Is it his sister? Sister. Sister, okay. Yeah, from what I was reading, it's it's Zagreus' sister, and I don't know the name. The na- oh, here it is. It's Milanoi. Milano. Um, I am butchering a pronunciation here, mm-hmm. and I apologize in the future <laughs> when everyone obviously comes out to check this podcast when Hades two releases, <laughs> uh, going back through their backlogs. I'm gonna sound real stupid then. Uh, yeah, I tried to search for the word you said, and I'm actually not getting any results <laughs> for that. Just word. don't. <laughs> uh, but it is Mel- it's Zagreus's sister um, uh-huh. or at the very least it's Hades' daughter and mm. the, apparently it is an actual mythological name you know one of those lesser known deities that's in classical Greek mythology but no one really talks about or knows about uh-huh. so they're just scraping and being like yeah this character's <laughs> not well known enough that we can write things and no one's going to disagree with us uh-huh. smart wicked smart but she also has, so Zagreus's classic look is like the wreath, like the burning feet, and then heterochromia. the heterochromia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the uh, melanoma or whatever her name is, is the same, <laughs> except her eye heterochromia are on the opposite eyes. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I hadn't, <laughs> I noticed the heterochromia. I hadn't noticed it was opposite, but I was getting an uncanny valley feeling when I was mm-hmm. staring at her. I'm like, man, something's wrong, but I don't know what. You have just answered that mystery. Yeah. It's actually Zagreus in a wig. <laughs> oh my God. It, it's just in the mirror. That's, that's going to be the thing. You step into the mirror at the beginning of the game. Now you're a female character. Your eyes are inverted and you're good to go. <laughs> The darkness is only 80% payout? That's weird. <laughs> um, but honestly, like with a sequel like this, when again, uh, the characters and the writing is so strong, I'm sure that they will have some tie-ins to Hades 1. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there'll be some like related characters there. But like any tie-in that they do, I'm going to... Because I'm, I'm such a fanboy for them at this point, I'm going to be overjoyed with. Because it's just... It's strengthening that universe instead of like, oh, here's a separate unrelated pocket. Here's a non-canon spin-off of fan art, or sorry, or fan fiction for like Star Wars. Yeah, I know when I was watching the uh, the Game Awards with with you people, uh, and we were watching the trailer, like debating, like it looks like Hades is it DLC, is it what? And then they played the, like those four chords, the Hades chords, boom, 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 boom. I was like, oh, oh, this is good. This is what I like. Keep doing this. Uh huh. I actually thought it was a Left 4 Dead announcement. By no? Supergiant okay. Games? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Left 4 Dead 3, <laughs> Supergiant Games, let's go. <laughs> I think it's Left 4 Dead 2, maybe Left 4 Dead 1 also has the, the same notes. Uh huh. For yeah. like uh, end of level. It's hype. I'm anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm. They have an FAQ on their site, Supergiant does, and there's there is a fair amount of information on the game there. Um, like they started development in 2021, which is a good sign. That means it's it's probably making a lot of progress. Um, also, they're they're people rapidly the, googling. <laughs> they're um, going to continue their early access model for this one as well. Yes. So they'll have like initial builds that'll go out to people, 
and you can play and also provide feedback because they're very engaged with their community for shaping the game. Um, but I definitely played early access last time, but I did not contribute as much feedback as I feel like I should have. I don't know. So we've talked about early access a lot, but people keep doing it. It stays relevant. Um, I played Hades on Epic a little bit, but not as much as either of you. I, both of you guys like track the development a lot more. I think Ian did the most, actually. Um, I think I'm getting getting eyebrows, but I think it, it, was... it might be Dave. Because uh, I, I, I feel like I checked into it at maybe like three different times during its development cycle. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as it came out, a fairly finished point, and then on full release. But I guess the point I was building towards is like. I'm not, I don't know if I'll pick the game up prior to its actual release. This is kind of like lessons learned for Baldur's Gate. Dave's giving me the head shake. I don't regret, admittedly, I'll say I don't regret buying the game once on Epic and once on Steam. Money, super giant, don't care. Like my I, my existence is to continue their existence. And family, I guess. But like, that's the main thing, a super giant. Um, but from a gameplay perspective, like the game is not at all what it was when they launched it in early access one. And so it was more academic almost than anything else. Right. I wasn't getting the plot lines. I wasn't getting the storylines. I wasn't even getting the polished gameplay. See, I, and... I'd argue a little bit there. You can yeah, go for it. That's what uh, we're here for. I, I'm kind of with you it, with Baldur's Gate three. I played a little bit of it. I've tried a few times, Um but I couldn't get the hang of it. I ran into bugs. There was experiences that drug it down for me that I decided to to prolong or postpone until it gets its 1.0 release. Mm-hmm. But with Hades, e- even when it first came out, Hades was the most polished early access game I'd ever touched. Even its day one was better than, and I hate to say this because I do love the game, Seven Days to Die after four or five years of development time. Right. 100% true. But I think it comes down to what your investment in it is. So, like, for me, like, I'm not to say that you're not, but, like, I'm the type of person, at least with Supergiant, where if they give me anything, I want to latch on to it. Supergiant, Toby Fox, what's another one? Team Cherry. If Team Cherry mm-hmm. had like a, hey, here's a, just like a little demo level for a Hollow Knight Silk Song, like, would you guys check it out and give some feedback? Everyone <laughs> would jump on that fucking train. So it just depends. But I understand the you want to have an experience that is polished instead of going back like, did you fix these fucking bugs yet? Is it the? Mm-hmm. So like, play Cyberpunk in like three years. But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, like, it was a very different experience. I remember, I distinctly remember the uh, Numidian Hydra being, like, dang near impossible (laughs) on Beta 1 of Hades, right? Like, it was meant to kill you because there was no content after it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It wasn't literally impossible. You could beat it. But, like, I I remember going back to it once it launched on Steam because, again, I didn't play since, like, Beta 1 or Early Access 1, whatever it was, to launch on steam and i got to the hydra and like kicked its butt and i was like wait a minute am i <laughs> am i good no, no i was not good <laughs> it was just they rebalanced the difficulty a lot um so i don't know it's kind of like it's seeing something before it's finished and for a book 
that's a terrible idea, I think, right? Because you could literally get plot spoilers and things like that that might be changed around for a game. I, I could see the justification if it's an iterative process, like what um, Supergiant does. Because whenever they release something for Hades, it was playable. It wasn't like, here's a partially implemented system. Mm. Um, it was more like a snapshot, but they added layers to it. Yeah. Which undermines yeah. my previous argument. <laughs> but... I mean, it's a fair point to make. There's there's merit to waiting for the finished product rather than, like, I think it's the difference between cooking something and picking at it the entire time you're cooking it versus mm-hmm. cooking it and then setting it down and being like, okay, it's done now. Now I should eat. Yeah. In the cooking analogy, it's like you're like making a dish and you're like, oh, yeah, cilantro. And you just like pop something into your mouth. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, cilantro. Maybe it's not the same thing as when it's baked into actual food, right? <laughs> Listen, I had cilantro chili and it was, or not cilantro chili, cilantro salsa. And it was delicious. Mm-hmm. I, I've been it saying for years, cilantro is a must in salsa. Mm-hmm. It gives it a pop. It blends with all the peppers so fucking well. But for this, the chili analogy, or for this salsa analogy, some early access titles are like, take a bite out of the onion and a bite out of the tomato and then a bite out of cilantro. There you go. Swish around in your mouth quickly. Does that taste good? Does that <laughs> okay, let us know. Let a little more cilantro. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, but off of, uh, yeah, off of food analogies and, and Hades, uh, were there any other games, announcements, videos, anything at the Game Awards that you guys were surprised by or took away from yes what, what i was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> say no. no for the joke uh i mean do you guys want me to have the freebie i mean someone else can jump in with it i've, I've mean, said plenty of words death stranding too yeah i feel although it wasn't announced we knew it was coming right did we i think so Oh. I didn't know, but I didn't play the first it one. Said, it said reveal trailer, so that's, it was news yeah. to me at least. I think this, might, this was the first trailer for it. Okay. Um, I'm going to sanity check myself. I know that it we don't It also said really world premiere, not to <laughs> undercut you. I My assumption is that it is. world premiere for everything. Yeah. That's true. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I'll, I'll do the rare retraction and say that that was the official announcement. But yeah, I thought Death Stranding 1 for... I played a good majority of it, not all of it. I think Jake actually completed it. Yeah. But I thought it was a an interesting standalone experience. Um, but I guess they're trying to do more in that universe. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about it at this point in time. Um, what do you think about it as somebody who's actually completed the game? Did it, does it make sense to continue on? I mean, nothing... <laughs> okay. Nothing Kojima does make sense. Yeah, I was going to say nothing Kojima does make sense. Literally, yeah. Uh, and honestly, that was one of my gripes was like how absolutely arbitrary in Kojima. Like, it's good, right? It's interesting. I should say it's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's always good. Sometimes it's just so on the point. Did we do a Death Stranding episode? We must have. We did. Yeah, we I had think so. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, I would be fine if there wasn't a second Death Stranding game. Because the storytelling is very absurd. What's really weird is people see Death Stranding and it's like, I have no idea what's going on. And that gets all the focus. The fact that the world is like incomprehensible. I didn't really care about the world building for like the entire game. It was literally the package delivery system that drew me in for most of the game. The logistics around it. 
Um, I am that Euro truck simulator, apparently, <laughs> aficionado. Um, so that being said, I'm not super interested in the characters. I'm not very invested in the world. And I don't think that there needed to be a sequel, but I'm ready to be proven, proven wrong. So we'll see where, it, where they go with it. Yeah, I've, uh, I know nothing about Death Stranding. As someone who didn't grow up very much with Metal Gear Solid anything, Hideo Kojima to me is a name with no nothing behind it. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm probably going to have to play Death Stranding the same way someone who likes movies has to go see like Citizen Kane at least once. Uh-huh. Like, everyone tells me it's good, and it has historical relevance. And the actor, or not the actor, the the director's famous, so I gotta I gotta watch it, or at least I have to understand it, even mm-hmm. if I don't like it. You just so, gotta be a part of it for the the cultural experience, you say. Yeah, it's thing you was like a rock star. Yes, very true. It is almost impossible. Paired with Rockstar Games, another thing they announced at the game trailers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big merger. Rockstar Games and Rockstar Energy Drink. It is a little surprising. <laughs> missed opportunity on their part. They went with Monster for Death Stranding. But... <laughs> and boy, didn't they. The number of times I saw Monster Can in that game was a lot. Yeah. Ad placement was very intentional. So, Ian, if Death Stranding did not catch your eye because you're not as familiar with the Kojima-verse, what caught your eye at the Game Awards? I, I think I'll take the, the free space that Jake was mentioning earlier then. Uh-huh. Uh, Judas, uh, the new game, (laughs) Judas, uh, the new game from Ken Levine's studio, uh, the new Bioshock basically Mm -hmm. is probably, I mean, I said earlier that, uh, Hades 2 might be the most surprising, but I might have to retract that because boy, did I forget Ken Levine was alive and doing things, but if he delivers on his like 10 year Bioshock vision, Mm-hmm. then I'm here for it. Yeah, I feel like there's been... I think Prey was the last RPG like that. Last immersive sim. That I, I mean, there's been more, but it's enjoyed. definitely the big one. Yeah. The last polished one, I'll say. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see more in that space, especially because I really enjoyed Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite and the DLCs. Yeah. I mean, and this for for a little bit of you know backstory on this, Irrational doesn't exist any anymore, right? The studio that was creating Bioshock, um, but because again, EA just strangled the studio to death, uh, which is its hobby buys buys companies and then just strangles them. But um, so it can't it can't actually, even though it does look very Bioshock, you know, it's it has the it has a little bit of System Shock DNA in there, but System Shock's so old they should go back and go onto the technology side again. That's my take. Um, but it can't officially be the Bioshock story, right? You're probably not going to see a bunch of lighthouses. Um, I mean... Because they don't have the IP. Probably uh, my favorite Reddit comment regarding uh, the Game Awards and this this particular game was it's the spiritual successor to the spiritual successor of System Shock. Uh-huh. <laughs> But honestly, I mean, you mentioned Prey, and Prey is in the exact same space. These are all like modifier body transhumanist stuff. Um, so it's all they, the same DNA at this point. Yeah. 
but I mean, I have no. to imagine it's going to do better than the System Shock reboot. Oh yeah, I mean, it's not hard. That hasn't launched yet. <laughs> <laughs> I did play. This is going back like a year or two at this point, yeah. but I did try the uh, the beta. They had the playable playable teaser sort of thing for it, and a lot of work to go. It it felt like Chex Quest to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I hope they improve things in that time. <laughs> what are your Shock. hopes? Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Ian. I was going to say System Shock is one of those things that I've never played. I know tangentially thanks to how much I like Bioshock mm-hmm. that I'd love to go back to, but I am just terrified that age and it, it's not going to age well. And I'm not going to have those nostalgia goggles to fall back on to look at it fairly. Mm-hmm. It still holds up kind of decently, but it you can definitely see the age. Yeah. Like there's some other games like, geez, what are they doing a remake of? People who made Callisto Protocol. Oh God, help! Uh, isn't Dead so Dead Space? Yes, you can yeah, go back yeah. to the original Dead Space and play that, and it still feels pretty good. Um, I'm sure that when they do the re-release of like the graphical overhaul, it's going to be beautiful again. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that holds up, I think, a little bit better than something like Bioshock One does at this point. Yeah. That's fair to take. I, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I was talking to someone very recently um, about Bioshock and they tried getting in with a remaster and it was still hard for them to get into it. And I was like, I absolutely see it in Bioshock 1. Yeah. Well, like improving the graphics isn't the problem. It's not the deficiency with that game now. It's like that game came out in 2008 and it lacks a lot of features that modern RPGs and shooters have. Yeah, it's it's very much. I played through Bioshock One last year, the remaster, mm-hmm. um, and immediately on finishing it because I liked the game, I started the Bioshock Two remaster because mm-hmm. that's like the black sheep and still one of my favorites. Uh, yes, yeah. Um, and even the difference between Bioshock One's combat and Bioshock Two's combat, and just some of the decisions, like the polishing that was done is astounding like hey Mm -hmm. what if i wanted to zap someone and shoot them at the same time or what if i don't want to spend 15 to 20 seconds on a hacking minigame every time i hack something for the rest of this 40 hour game (laughs) yeah the remote hack in bioshock 2 and i think it like it's just like an overlay where you have to it's a timing game you have to click at the the right hack moment as opposed to the pipes and like a literal pause in the game world when you activate mm-hmm. hacking. It's like, it's funny how people are still screwing up hacking mini games. Like across the years, there could be a museum specifically dedicated <laughs> to bad hacking mini games and lock picking. You put both of those together in video games. Where does but, uh, where does the Bethesda hacking fall on the scale with the Skyrim hack? Or not, yes, yeah, Skyrim hacking. Uh, yeah, hacking? for lock picking. Yeah, no, not not the lock picking. Um, Fallout, the Fallout hacking with the the words. The brackets. I I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you, as a a seventeen, eighteen year old with limited free time and the attention span to do it, I had no problem with it. I have gone back time and time again to those games and been like, "All right, I'm a hacking master. Let's go through it." God, this is awful. I hate this. Uh huh. Yeah, it's 
to what Jake said, it does feel very clunky to take you out of the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like fun and novel, but like after three times, you're like this fucking hurdle again. And that's not a good yeah. place to be, I think. What what do you think would be like, what's your best example of that sort of, I'm going to call it the infiltration game, hacking slash uh-huh. lockpicking? Um, well, I like the hold E. In a tense situation. I I mean I think the cyberpunk, the ice pick si- section in Cyber- oh, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 is pretty pretty non-offensive. Um because they made it so if you want to spend the time planning out all of your moves to get all of your unlocks and you're a dedicated netrunner, you can. And you you absolutely could. Or you can just be like, yep, that's an F and a D. Bam, bam, done. I got two out of the four <laughs> things I could unlock. I'm good, right? Just uh, call it a day. Do we let um, logic win or do we run off pure intuition and wing it step by step? Mm-hmm. I also didn't hate, it was probably a little bit too in-depth, but I didn't hate the deus ex hacking where you had to like, there was the network oh. grid and the firewalls and nodes and stuff. You know, I wasn't thinking about that, but I actually loved that one. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing um, a blank for how that played out. Haven't played you had to like reinforce. You could capture nodes, reinforce them, and then uh, try to like make your way to the end. But there was mm-hmm. also bonus objectives where it's like if you got this, you get more experience for data. And every time you took an action, some actions more likely than others, you could be you could alert the automated defense, which would try to backtrace your IP and kick you out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, like, I like the idea of that. Yeah. I almost wish it was kind of like a separate game with like a little bit more detail, but that's because I kind of just the world's a little devoid of good hacking games. But <laughs> Right. So, um, I mean, on that topic, another game has had yet another trailer also in the immersive sim space, Atomic Heart. Yes. How do you guys feel that that will go for parentheses, the hacking of uh, it also for being compared to something like Judas? I, I think know. Judas is going to be a shooter. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> as, we didn't as see sure the gameplay. We don't know. Yeah. We saw we saw Ken Levine hands up on screen. That's it. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, true. It would be funny if it was like a word selection mini. It's just the Fallout computer hacking game. That's all Judas is. I was gonna call it like <laughs> combined Wordle and Judas, but I came up with Judel, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Dave. How do you feel about it, that? It's, one? A, it's a pasta like... dish we've made. Uh, occasionally, <laughs> we have you know the family over. Uh-huh. It's, it's traditional. Uh, but no, Atomic Heart has been on my radar since E3 of last year, maybe. Yeah. Or not even last E3, like the E3 before that when it got its initial trailer. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of you know dystopian soviet uh nuclear punk i'm gonna call it or you know yeah fallout punk but it, there's a word for it we can workshop it for sure but um, it's it's the stalker universe it's that i can't even think of a good way to describe it but i european I hellscape <laughs> european hellscape yeah hellgate uh, london yeah uh-huh. uh but I saw the the initial trailer, and I'm like, all right, finally, someone's making a Bioshock game. That mm-hmm. was my initial reaction to it. And now look at me. I'm a kid in a candy store because I've got two of them. I've got this one, and I've got whatever Ken Levine releases. Yeah. 
I have I no idea what good. Yeah, I go don't ahead, know dude. what it will actually entail, but I like the idea of more things that are automaton based, hmm. uh, and it looks less janky than some of the other. I'm going to use the parentheses of Souls like automaton games that they've had with here's the French one and here's the Pinocchio one, one of which is out, one of which I still think is to be released, but. This looks very clean and polished, at least from the trailers they're showing so far. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. We're coming at this from two different angles, and I don't know who's right and who's wrong, or if either of us is wrong. You said Souls-like, and I think Bioshock, and those are not the same type of game. Well, no, no, no. I wanted to say, like, the Souls-likes you're referring to are separate games. Okay. So there was the one where you are, like, a, a French automaton, and you're saving the Queen of France. Yeah. Another one where you're Pinocchio. But those are still like automaton based oh, for their theming. Gotcha. So that's where I was drawing the correlation there. But yeah, those are definitely would not play like a Bioshock, whereas I think this would. So yeah. what what are you what's your your betting and what are your odds on the end of uh, Atomic Heart being that you are a robot? It's like <laughs> fucking spoilers, choice. dude. That's uh-huh. <laughs> right now. I don't even know what you play in the game. They could say it from the moment the game starts, day one. Welcome to your activation date, robot. But if they're the entire time that game, I'm playing through it. If I'm a person from the beginning, mm-hmm. I'm going to be thinking to myself, I bet I'm a robot. The twist is going to be I'm a robot. Uh-huh. You've been working your way back in the facility you were created from the whole time. The end of the game, they're going to be like, you did it, human. You were finally able to put down the robot menace. And I'm going to be like, during the credits, are you sure I'm not a robot? <laughs> end credit scene, robot, no, nothing. Yeah, I I don't really know what's going on with this game. It's probably it's one of the games I've seen the most gameplay of for the littlest context we could possibly have. All we know is there's there's shooting and probably some sort of powers or at least different guns and you're fighting robots while Russian-ish orchestral music plays. It's hard to say. The um, only other thing I know about the game besides from that is that the soundtrack is being done by Mick Gordon. And mm-hmm. I will represent that man forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with it. I was curious actually because it is a Russian developer, um, Munfish, are the the developers for it, but they're headquartered in Cyprus. So since they they weren't in Russia, I wonder if that like kind of saved them a little bit. Given <laughs> for those who are out of the loop complications <laughs> geopolitical space <laughs> around russia right now a potential world war mm-hmm. or at least a second cold war an atomic heart if you will <laughs> like um yeah it's it's been baking for a while i i kind of have some hopes for it just because of the amount of time that it's spent being baked there's two potential outcomes one it's secretly kind of still in development hell and it's going to release in a buggy mess there's a decent chance of that or um like it's one of those games where we're getting updates across the years but they're not trying to rush it through the door they're not trying to like cyberpunk it and say like hit this release date specifically so you're talking like an inverse bell curve where as long as something takes a sufficient time to come out, like too long to come out, it comes out in either one of two states. Yes. Either, Duke oh, Nukem the reason forever. it took so long is because <laughs> it's awful, uh-huh. or it took so long because it was 
carefully polished by the most pristine artisanal QA department. Exactly. Um, hopefully it's the latter. I guess we'll know in February. Yes. Yeah. That's when it comes out. Yeah, speaking of games, though, with excellent music and uh, that came out in very, very good shape and have also uh, had their developers mentioned at the the Game Awards, uh, Earthblade from the developers of Celeste was announced. Mm -hmm. And as someone who played a lot of Celeste and listened to a lot of the music and who stopped playing Celeste after I got stuck trying to reach the moon. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm very excited for that, especially if it looks like they're adding combat and some more gameplay mechanics. Yeah, I'm super stoked. I will say the trailer was kind of black. It felt like more of a teaser than anything. Yes. But like the style was very much like, oh, pixel art like Celeste. The way they do the dialogue boxes for the characters. Right? Um, and then some of the music, I'm like, oh, I definitely feel the vibes. But they definitely did like a quick pan of like going through the levels a little bit. You see some jumping, some combat, but nothing too in depth. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they're still holding some of their cards to their chest. Like they're going to have another trailer where it's like, oh, it's still kind of slow paced. And then they're going to have a musical drop. And then like shit's going to hit the fan. Here's mm -hmm. your triple jumps and your multi-strike combo. It builds up your meter. I imagine it will be more action paced because Celeste, especially in the later game, Ian can speak to, oh, gets okay. fucking bananas. You say, Ian, I beat the game. I'm, I'm well, not. I didn't do B sides. <laughs> Jake, you and I beat the game at the same level. <laughs> we we technically completed it. <laughs> Wait, did you guys do like the DLCs that came afterwards, like the Heart no, of the Mountain? I didn't. Oh, okay. I feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, I beat the, the base game. I, I played the game very, very far after release. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't even recognize that what I was playing was extra content. I just kept going. Right. And I still remember, I think I was up until 1 in the morning on a work day, work night. And just struggling at this level. And I'm like, this is it. This is the final level. This is the moment. This is my moment. Uh -huh. And I had people in the Discord, because I was streaming it in Discord, watching me and cheering me on. And then, slight spoilers for Celeste. Mm -hmm. Mute, whatever. Um, <laughs> Don't giant, tell me. Come back. <laughs> a, a literal giant wall crashes down in front of me, and it's like, well, better go finish all those B-sides before you get past me. And I just put down the controller, <laughs> and I have not turned Celeste on since. Yeah, It was... That's pretty crushing. It was the emotional equivalent of that scene where Bane breaks Batman's back. Uh -huh. It's like, yep, I'll never recover from this. Yeah, I wanted to mention something. Just backup evidence for what Dave was saying. They didn't really show combat here. The release date backs that up. Like, they're not aiming for a release date next year. It's 2024 is what they're aiming for. So, yeah. you know, another two good years of development. That's a lot of time to put the touches on this. I think they were really showing the art style and a little bit of music more than anything else. Yeah. And like but Dave I... said, they do something with their dialogue boxes. That is just, I can't even tell you why it looks as good as it does, but their dialogue boxes are perfect. Well, I think it's a good blend of the fake speech that they do. And I forget the actual term for it, but they'll do for things like animal crossing 
Uh-huh. We'll just have like the here's my sound font for the noises Same I much. make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think they did that in Pyre too. Um, but also, I don't uh-huh. remember if they did it in Pyre, but they'll animate the portraits a little bit. So it feels like they're actually talking to you. Mm-hmm. And then it was really subverted well when you're speaking with uh, the opposite you and they literally come out of the frame. I got chills at that. Loved it's it. such a good scene. Yeah. But yeah, I do trust them as a development team. I want to see more of what they do and what they're actually going to release. But again, like that game was so tight for mechanics and the music slapped. I can't imagine they're not going to involve Lena Rain to some degree or if they're doing the entire soundtrack. But I'm very on board to see where they go with it. Is there anything that you'd like to see for this? Something you thought was lacking from Celeste? It'll obviously be a different game mechanically, but... I wouldn't say lacking, or even if I want to see it, but I saw, again, reading Reddit post about the Game Awards, someone's like, is this a, a Metroidvania? Like, do you think it'll be like a platformery Metroidvania with slight combat and tight, you know, Celeste-style platforming? And, you know, I don't know if that's what it's going to be. They gave, like you said, very little indication on what the gameplay loop is going to look like. But I would love to see the kind of Metroidvania that uh, they would make. So, I'm excited for whatever they do, basically, but... If they do decide to go a Metroidvania route or you 2D brawler, I don't know, or just, you know, even if the, the combat is very understated and it's just another really tight platformer, that still works for me. Jake and I are silently nodding in agreement with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking up what Lena Reigns worked on because um, she works on, obviously, Celeste. She also did writing for Celeste, actually. She has a writing oh. assistance credit. Um, she did a song for like, Minecraft at least yes Minecraft is the other one um, since uh, C is it 418 I think those numbers in some order yep stepped away um, but, and a, a Guild Wars expansion actually Guild right. Wars 2 Heart of Thorns expansion So also Delta Root kind of popping off chapter yeah. 2 yeah. oh really mm-hmm. um so you guys were talking about some other thing. I wasn't paying attention, so <laughs> I'm not going to be able to contribute to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think it'll, I think it'll be good. Um, hot take, especially with two years of development not being forced out the door. I think it'll be good. Now, see, in two years after the the world wars have uh, subsided and you know humanity comes crawling back, and the game does release, we're going to look at you and be like, Jake, why is this bad? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you told us it was going to be good we trusted you <laughs> you betrayed us we, we don't, made we all don't... of our financial decisions based off of a two-year-old podcast <laughs> yeah yeah uh we're not authorities in anything uh all right well you guys talked about your games and those were fine i guess for me this was actually this is a callback because ian was like he's going to take the free space this was not the free space i was thinking of <gasps> freaking armored core <laughs> announced by FromSoft. Like, so I, I'll be honest, I'm one of those people who like, there's a new thing announced and people are kind of excited for it. And I just pretend that I was there the whole time. Right. I kind of like, I was like the kid in the game awards that just like runs down the aisle. And I was, I'm just standing there on stage and be like, yep, I'm an armored core fan and always <laughs> have been. And I've never played one of their games. Um, 
but uh, I'm I'm actually really excited for this because Mech Warrior is a game I played when I was very young. We got like a five dollar freaking copy. It was like ten or it was it was five to ten dollars at like a bargain bin of uh, Mech Warrior Four, I think. And I was like, this is awesome, and loved it. And it basically installed this. That was my that was my mecha moment. You know, you guys can empathize. You, everyone has their mecha moment. Um, and Armored Core is it has so much more potential, particularly if Rumstoft makes it, than anything compared to like what is owned for MechWarrior right now. Like everything MechWarrior's released has been mediocre, mixed reviews, all this crap. This is my hope for the future. What is your guys' take? Okay, Dave and I literally <laughs> pointed at each other at the same time. <laughs> no use. Uh, it, we reenacted the Spider-Man meme. But I, I've i never played a Mech Warrior game or an Armored Core game or any large mecha piloting game. Closest mm-hmm. would be, what was the next, that game that we tried? Demon XX or whatever it was? Demon uh, X Machina? Yeah. Was, yeah, that was it. Um which isn't even really a giant mecha game because the mechas are slightly above person sized. Uh huh. Um, it's more like Gundam ish. Yeah. But well, that's the thing. I grew up on Gundam. That's my mecha origin mm-hmm. stories. I grew up on Gundam Wing specifically, and G Gundam. If we're gonna be ridiculous about it, mm-hmm. uh, you can still pronounce that as Gundam. It's just two G- G's. Gundam. Yeah, Gundam. <laughs> And later on, uh, when I got into anime, Gurren Lagann. So I love, you know, giant robots fighting other giant robots. And to hear FromSoft is making a giant robots fight other giant robots game, sign me up. They have, just like Supergiant, I guess, FromSoft hasn't really missed the last three or four games. I mean, Elden Ring... Uh, Sekiro, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 1, nothing else I could think of. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a similar boat where like I haven't played any mech game, really. Um, tangentially, I also grew up with Gundam a little bit. Shout out to Megas XLR as well. Because like just giant fighting robots has always been... I guess like it's something you pick up as like a teenage boy and you're like, this is just kind of cool. And then you get to see it emulated in actual mediums that you can play. And you're like, Oh, fucking sweet. Let me check that out. But yeah, I don't know anything about the previous five armored cores, but Mm -hmm. I trust from soft again as a developer, curious to see where it goes. Um, I saw that Vadi had already posted a video on it. (laughs) And so like, I'm "Ah, going to watch that now, but the armored core lore, I paused right at the, I did pause right at the part where it said, like in the trailer, feed the fire. Mm-hmm. And Vadi was about to speculate or confirm or deny whether or not it was going to be a Souls like type game. Right. It's a crossover. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, I would be curious to check it out because um, I haven't played a mech game in a very long time, if at all. But also, if it was Souls like to any degree, oh mm-hmm. my God, yeah. That just so, seems like it'd be so fun. I'm surprised you guys didn't catch this, hmm. but at the canonical end of Dark Souls 3, there's a girl painting a painting, and she's like, and I'm going to make a world with a bunch of sick mechs in it. <laughs> and that's actually the connective piece. Oh my god, I should have just seen it. Uh-huh. 
I would love if they like. Oh, everything else. Oh, it's a painted world. I don't know if we told you. <laughs> yeah. They, they zoom the, out to Peach's fan. castle, and you just see like a one knight looking like. Oh, here's Bloodborne. There's the other one. The uh, painted uh, world of Armored Core. <laughs> uh huh. There you go. It just pops up on the screen when it launches. So, so like, I got. Oh, I have. I have thoughts. So you go ahead. I was gonna say the uh, FromSoft loves to put the the Moonveil Spellblade or the Moonveil Greatsword in all of their games. Mm-hmm. Give me a giant blue green energy sword for Armored Core, and call it the Moonblade or whatever you want to call it. FromSoft uh-huh. it will be even. That's yeah. the price of admission right there. That's what you need to get my money. We have very or specific fans, so I'm gonna correct to Moonlight Greatsword. Just just gonna say it now. It's for your own good, Ian. Listen. <laughs> Accuracy is very important. I'm glad to be corrected. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I, I have, I have high hopes for this. I Armored Core has been a series that's, it's basically dead. Like everyone thought it was dead. The uh, last publisher here was Sega in 2007, which is a long time ago. <laughs> Checks calendar. That's a bit. <laughs> um. Apparently, there was an Armored Core 5, actually, in 2012. I didn't realize that. I mean, okay, well, never mind. I thought this game was dead, but I just out. didn't pay any attention to it. <laughs> um, but it's still been a, it's been a long time. And um, I don't know. The, my, my take on it is it's the type of... There's different tiers of mech games. There's ones that are more simulation-based. That's Mech Warrior. That's like before mission, how many heat sinks do you want to put on your mech? Where's your ammo go? Like, what do you have, like, on your mech arms? Because your mech arms are guns. And there's something closer to Gundam, which is what you guys have seen in anime, which is, like, the mech has hands and they hold weapons. And that's what Armored Core is like. So it's much more like that, like, a little bit less Dragon Ball flying around in the character clashing every once in a while with, like, two frames of animation. And a little bit more like urban warfare on the ground, but with speed. And basically the question is, do the mechs have swords? That's your line of di- <laughs> like differentiation between mech games. And our Armored Core has swords. So you don't have to. But if the other guy has a sword and he can close on you and you don't have a sword, you're probably in a bad spot. I mean, um, I'm sure they have a way of balancing it. Like your sword can deflect certain projectiles. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have more speed, ways to close, things like that. But there is a level of customization there, like contrasted to um, other mech games where it's just like you're just a class of mech. Yeah. Right? You're like, here's your you're specific the loadout. There's you're no the, option. The person exactly. who flies around, your person who does support. Right. You could do that in Armored Core, but it's going to be more specific customization. Give me either the, the lightly armored fast melee mech or give me the incredibly heavy armored slow as can be artillery mech and nothing in between please thank you don't Uh even give his uh siege mech move speed and ian will be happy (laughs) i'm gonna find a stupid little tiny picture to send you guys because we love to do things like this just to make it like incomprehensible for the listening audience um like this is a mech from armored core i'll put it in discord um, that's that's what the armored core max looks like. I clicked on the picture, being like, "Surely this will enlarge the image." <laughs> <laughs> no, you, and you don't, it, you don't it get did more not. than three pix- pixels. You know, the real trick, Dave, is to click the open original button because that'll blow it up to its full size. 
which is the exact same size as uh, yeah. Discord. <laughs> uh-huh. Glad that we're all consistent across the board. It's small as fuck. This is so, actually yeah. a Lego game. We forgot to mention. <laughs> yes. Very branded. Um, no, they, it has it has some really cool designs. Um, for sure. So I'm excited for it. Uh, I don't think we have a release date announced, but I'll check real quick. Usually for reveal trailers, uh, they tend to not, unless it's like Nintendo. They're like, hey, it's done in a week <laughs> yeah or it's done we're doing some last minute testing you could play it at the end of the show mm-hmm. uh yeah. yeah sometime next year so vaguely and if anytime you see sometime next year not guaranteed to be that year <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh lightning around though since we're we're coming up on an hour uh what games were you surprised weren't at the game awards you know things coming out things we know about that just no one brought up dave has the free space answer dave has his hand up this one's the actual free space uh i want to go with silk song uh-huh where the fuck's my silk song news yeah like they've I... had actual gameplay trailers now which has gotten the like the community like fucking hyped again and there's a lot of theory crafting goddamn moss bag released a video again so you know that they're actually <laughs> traction um but there wasn't anything here at the game awards which is, I guess, a little bit surprising. So I guess I'm hoping that the next major gaming event will have something. Like, usually they are a bit of like a drought of information. Um, but I just want more to go off of. And then at some point, definitely a confirmation date because yeah. they said these games will be you know, done at some point in 2023 for sure. And mm-hmm. people will ride if that's not the case for Song. <laughs> if it's not shown at E3, like legitimately... It's yeah. it's time to start asking questions. Yeah, I have I have utmost faith in Team Cherry after after Hollow Knight, but I'm hoping it's going to be one of those things where they they announce it and they're like, oh, S- Silk Song is finished, it's here, and it releases in a month. Right, like the Nintendo. Nintendo, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <clears throat> that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that was. That's in production, in development, and just wasn't mentioned. Uh, no Starfield. I know Jake, yep, that you're, was mine. you're focusing on that one. Yep. This one's really surprising for me because uh, it actually also has the release date 2023 already established, like prior to the Game Awards, and to not have any trailers or gameplay, even some rendered nonsense, is really surprising. Um. Um, in fact, Bethesda in general was really absent um, from the Game Awards. So it's not, it's unfortunate, but this is the double-edged sword. If you announce your game early, I'm going to expect updates or else I'm going to expect trouble, right? Yeah. So. You, you, we either expect updates or we begin to dread. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, uh, Nintendo didn't, I mean, Nintendo always, you know, does their own thing. It's Nintendo's thing to do their own thing, but no updates on Metroid Prime 4, no updates on the new Zelda game. Uh, the only thing Nintendo brought to the show was their movie, and which is going to be the movie. Yeah, it'll, it'll be meme fodder, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. But doesn't Bethesda also kind of have their own 
show or where do they typically show their content? Yeah, I mean, they they still have um, they're actually part of a couple different shows, right? Because they uh, are publishing for id. So QuakeCon is also big for them and they're owned by Microsoft. So whatever Microsoft jumps on is big for them Um, because, (laughs) well, depending on what happens, this isn't the news, (laughs) the news portion of the podcast, depending on what happens, Microsoft will own almost all game development in the United States, like 66% of it. But uh, we'll see. Um, I still would have expected them to have a trailer or something, even if it was just a teaser. The eventual corporate conglomerate battle is going to happen between Microsoft and Tencent. Go mm-hmm. neck and neck on who could eat more game studios for lunch. Right. And then monetize the hell out of them. But we'll see, because there was um, antitrust action being taken against uh, Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard. Who knows? Was there anything from the Game Awards where you were like, I really don't give a shit. Why did you even bring this up at all? Oh, I mean, most I'm, of it. I'm glad you asked because I could. That was a soft, or uh, I almost said soft serve. Softball. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah. a soft. <laughs> that was an easy one. You just pitched to me there. Spoon feeding Ian ice cream. Uh huh. Call of Duty's first raid, baby. Oh yeah. Because that's what all the Call of Duty players have been begging for: cooperative raids. <sighs> I don't, I don't know what this even is. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, when I heard that, like the optimist in me, I don't own the latest Call of Duty, so I'm not on this train. But like, do you guys remember Spec Ops from Modern Warfare 2, I think, and also COD 4? Vaguely. It was I've just like a... COD game. That's fair. It was basically like a two-player co-op game. And it was either like you're doing an infiltration mission with silencers and heartbeat sensors, or you're trying to like uh, assassinate a target or do something. The best one, the standout one, the one that is still good to this day for at least 50% of the players playing the game is there's one operative on the ground who's being escorted through a environment full of enemies by an AC-130. And the other operative is in the AC-130. And it was so fun. To be the guy with the big gun. Um, But. I kind of. I thought about that. And I was like okay. If they could kind of get some of that vibe. I could see why people would like this. But. Then I thought about mechanics. And I was like I don't know. This isn't a space based magic destiny shooter. You don't have all these other things you can throw into it. It smells like just team FPS. Right. Um, You know what. Um, As the person who brought it up all about face here. And be devil's advocate. But, like, I could see them introducing mechanics, like, interact with a console to open a door for someone else, like, kind of subdividing, I don't know even if it's a ten-person team, a six-man team, a four-man team, I don't know what they're going to break it up down into, up down, break it up into. (laughs) Up down, fuck, going to give it to you. (laughs) (laughs) But I could see them having to, like, subdivide your team into sub-teams to do, you know, multiple objectives in tandem. I could see them doing something like that, yeah. but mm-hmm. but grandiose raid mechanics, like you said, with magic or even you know big setting changes, that mm-hmm. I can't really see. It's not Metroid, right? It's not shoot the weak point. Exactly. Thing. You're going to be going up against people that are humans, and if you shoot them, they die. <laughs> the terrorists, <laughs> so... 
make sure to hit the terrorist in his weak point for massive damage during the bulm <laughs> phase. Yeah. Which is any part of the body. Most phase is from the moment they were born to the moment they die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, just... I'm going to go with your answer. I don't have anything to add to that one. I was going to say, or suggest Crime Boss Rocky City, because I had never heard anything about it. And then they brought somebody who was famous from, not famous from Kill Bill, but who I know from Kill Bill, Michael mm-hmm. Madsen. And then when they showed the trailer, I still don't know what the fuck it was, but boy, how did they, did they name drop a bunch of celebrities? You're like, I remember them from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They're like oh. Donald Glover, Ice Cube, not Ice Cube, um, Vanilla, Vanilla Ice, Chuck mm-hmm. Norris. And I was like, how deep back are they going? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm changing my vote to Dave's. Yeah, to agree with Dave here. I watched the Game Awards with Dave, and I forgot this game existed immediately <laughs> after the trailer was shown. Mm. Like, the one robot from Futurama, I, I looked at it, I acknowledged it, I committed it to memory, and then forgot it immediately until he mentioned <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Then everything came rushing back. Yeah, it just seems so... Like, I could have sworn, like, oh, this is like something with like Rock City, maybe it's a Rockstar game, maybe it's a a gta type thing and then they're like no this is its own thing I'm like all right uh-huh it, it falls under like jrpg stuff where i'm like why are you telling me this right no it's 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 basically like two miles above the shark is is how high it's jumped <laughs> like there's been this trend to have famous people in games voice acting games providing mocap stuff like that that's not on its face bad but inevitably it was going to go too far some games already kind of took it too far and this one is just like if there was any doubt remove all doubt because the like it seems like the reason they want you to play this game is because of the star factor Mm -hmm. and why should gamers care they shouldn't they really shouldn't right like right chuck norris is not going to be the deciding factor on whether your game's playable or not. Yeah. And like demographic wise, I feel you'd have to at least be our age to know some of those names. Uh-huh. If you're talking about like people who are just now gaming, like late teens or like early twenties, they shouldn't have context for who those people are at all. Mm. So why would they give a fuck? And usually that's like your target gaming demo is like 18 to 24. Yeah. So it just feels weird. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Although speaking of Jake mentioning uh, real celebrities' appearances and voice acting characters, Idris Elba is going to be in Cyberpunk. Yeah, right. And Phantom Liberty. I I love him, and I like Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. So that's a selling point for me to go back to Cyberpunk when the DLC comes out. Yeah, I mean he. It's a counterpoint. He's not the reason I'm going to pick up Phantom Liberty. Like, I would play <laughs> Phantom Liberty regardless. I'm not actually... I, I also like Idris Elba. But I don't think he's a... Sign- he's not putting his hand on the scale and saying, like, this uh. is the reason to go back to Cyberpunk, right? Like, if Idris Elba was in the next Call of Duty DLC, would you pick it up? Would you buy Call of Duty and the DLC to play it? No, I hope the answer is no. <laughs> if the answer is yes, you can just stay quiet. It's fine. Ian, Ian has seven copies of Sonic the movie too. <laughs> yeah. 
now that you've brought it up though you know uh actors in video games basically playing themselves uh-huh uh yeah. who do we what are some prime examples obviously cyberpunk has keanu reeves is johnny mm-hmm. silverhand keanu silverhand yeah keanu silverhand yeah <laughs> um what was his name Giancarlo Esposito was in the latest Far Cry. Far Cry. Yeah. Uh, Playing as, a, as himself. Yeah, he was also himself. in Payday, basically, as himself. That's true. Was he really? <laughs> yeah. He's one uh, of the uh, mission providers. The, oh. uh, the dentist. Uh, the other one I could think of was Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. Hmm. Uh, was in one of the latest Call of Duties, I believe, last year's or the year before. I, I believe it. I'm not gonna look into it with the try and prove you wrong. That sounds sounds believable. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're both staring at me with this blank face, and now I'm beginning to doubt myself as I get well, gaslit. No, I didn't track it, so I, I I go with your estimation. I can't think of any game that's jogging my memory where like one of the main points or something that stuck out to me as I played it was I'm glad so and so is in it. Yeah, like I definitely like to look back and be like, oh, I know this person from something else. That's cool that I can connect those dots. This is somebody who I like their voice acting work. Um, but it's never a have to get it because of that. Do you mean right. to tell me, Dave, that uh, you didn't buy Death Stranding entirely based off Norman Reedus from his most well-known intellectual property, The Boondock Saints? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not, but it is a Oof. good fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah. Mads Mikkelsen was in it. I was like, oh, I like his work i mean i really only mm-hmm. saw him in one of the newer james bond movies but like i think he's good at what he does so it's cool to see him in that role and play a character yeah but it's like oh that's that's cool after the fact it's not yes. a oh shit that's gonna be so cool and I'll, I'll say it mads mickelson doesn't contribute to the gameplay of death stranding he's almost all of his performances are cutscenes. yes like there is some gameplay content where it's not a cutscene and it could have been literally anyone or no one else. <laughs> right. Like, so that's the point I'm getting to, right. From like, a, from a less joking perspective, uh, we touched on it. Do you think a day will come when AAA movie stars appearance and performances will be leveraged in video games to the same extent it's leveraged in movies and film? You mean how it kind of already is? Yeah, well, we're getting there. They're doing it one one star per game kind of at the moment. Mm-hmm. Except the game we were just talking moments. about. <laughs> Shush. I know like, what you were saying with Cyberpunk. Keanu Reeves was somebody who was on the platform and like hyping up the game and also in the game. Right. Do you think we're going to have an eventuality where all important NPCs in a game are played by Hollywood actors? I don't think so. That's very expensive. (laughs) Um, It seems like a stretch at this point. I'm not saying I couldn't see it happening at all, but like Mm -hmm. like what you said, it would have to be for AAA versus indie, a lot of which does come down to budget. Um, Yeah, I guess it would depend on if they are getting more sales or traction from that. Mm -hmm. So if this, I already forgot the name of the shit game I was talking about, really does well. Because grandmothers buy it, like, oh, I remember Chuck Norris. And they get it for the grandkids. <laughs> and that's a consistent trend. Maybe they do mm-hmm. try and lead towards that. Like, oh, we need to leverage star power more. But yeah. 
again, I think the different silent protagonists have done well in video games and been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think gamers care as much. I think that's going to put a bit of a limiter on this. If you're spending millions of extra dollars to get star power for like an ensemble cast like this uh, crime boss or whatever it's called, like there's no way that that's translating into meaningful like sales. Like this is my opinion. If I'm wrong, then I, we're all wrong. But <laughs> that that's my ultimatum. If I'm wrong, everyone's wrong. Um, but uh, there's it just doesn't make any sense to me. Contrast this with a couple people you can put on the cover of the game. Yeah, sure, whatever. I can see that. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's going to take. I don't think we're going to see uh, Chuck Norris in as many games as we see. Nolan North, for instance, ah, right? Name drop. Yeah, because Nolan North is actually in every single game. It's in the Constitution. Yeah, and it's it's cool to see those people who have like good careers in video games to be in other stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I really like the performance and their voice acting in this. Like, I like Troy Baker's voice acting. I feel like outside of that, he, I get the vibe he's kind of a douche. Um, Maybe he's, maybe he <laughs> yeah. isn't. but like when he was in Death Stranding, it was like, oh, cool. That's Troy Baker. Because mm-hmm. again, it's talking about like, oh, I like to connect the dots, see that they're doing well and they're still being hired for stuff. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if it's really a spoiler at this point, but in God of War Ragnarok, ProZD voices a character, right? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, that's a cool little Easter egg or bonus. But again, yeah. not the fucking selling point. Mm-hmm. Great. Now I got to watch or now I got to play through God of War Ragnarok. Uh huh. Just to find the <laughs> pro ZD. Uh, I mean, he voices the protagonist. It's not. It's not hard. It's right. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say pro ZD looks different when he's delivering that speech for three minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, we we've gone we've gone a little bit over time, but we need to at least talk about the actual game of the year. Um, I know, I know what you're gonna right, say. Obviously, oh. <laughs> I thought you were gonna lean into the Bill Clinton route. Uh huh. <laughs> Bill Clinton game of the year. <laughs> I mean, do you guys want to talk about the game of the year for, for five? I mean, Elden Ring. Okay, spoilers, but it was. I was amazed. I was amazed that Elden Ring won. Not that I yeah, didn't think same. it deserved yeah. it, but with how many awards God of War was taken all night, mm-hmm. I thought God of War was a shoe in. Yeah, it really felt like because God of War was just sweeping every category. I was like, well, it's got to be God of War for game of the year because. Yeah. If all of the ingredients are like, these are the best ingredients, better ingredients, better games, God of War Ragnarok. God of War. And yep. then it just wasn't. So that was surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Dave and I actually talked about this a little bit. We pre-gamed a little, little um, on why potentially this was the case. Because I actually started playing God of War Ragnarok. I have Dave's copy because I have most of Dave's library actually at my house um, at this point. And... I can kind of speculate. I'm not all the way through the game. I'm not going to talk spoilers, anything like that. But it is very similar in the gameplay to God of War 2018. Like, and it's great. It's super good. But Dave Dave has a point. I'll just segue it over to him as to why Elden Ring maybe took it in the end. Oh, um... If we were building up what we were saying earlier, um, God of War has a good thing, and they weren't looking to change or break that too much. 
like yeah maybe yeah. they branch out in some other areas a little bit but again to what, J- what jake was saying it's you could play either of them and be like oh yeah it plays the same whereas elden ring is definitely a a jump because <laughs> you can jump yeah. in that game and ride a <laughs> horse and it has these wildly different areas but they're all interconnected because it's a connected open world Mm -hmm. Um, so like they did a lot of changes from their base game design of it being fairly linear going through here your your sneaky beaky traps for stuff check your corners so it definitely turned the souls like format or genre on its head a little bit and it's trying new things in the same Mm -hmm. way that sonic frontiers is trying new things um but i think elden ring was really well received and Sonic Frontiers is a Sonic game. So <laughs> so it's sort of the difference between God of War sharpening itself and polishing and making a better version of what it's doing mm-hmm. versus Elden Ring taking an absolute risk. Like, right. we have a formula. We're going to adjust it radically and see what happens. Yeah, you could honestly put... I would say God of War Ragnarok would fall under, like, DLC type versus... I mean, maybe you want to throw in your two cents here, Ian, for like Horizon, for like the first one versus Forbidden West. But I feel like you could have said, hey, here's like not technically a sequel, but more DLC off the first game. Maybe there is a time skip. Maybe there isn't. We've maybe improved some mechanics, but it's largely the same experience as far as gameplay. Yeah, I loved Horizon. I wanted Horizon to win awards on Thursday, mm-hmm. but largely speaking, it's it's Horizon 1 better and with more. Yeah. Um, there's some adjustments that were very nicely done, adding the Breath of the Wild style sailcloth to it to make, you know, floating a thing was real cool and better gadgets. But it is Horizon. It's it's very much a sequel. Mm-hmm. While Elden Ring was, like we said, just such a radical departure, a left turn for the series that just worked out really well for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying, um, which is, you know, crazy hot take. Um, I think this is you need to be critical if you're in the game space of games just doing more of the same. You can enjoy it. You can play it. You can buy it. You can support it. But if someone releases content that is kind of just additive of the same it's like if you had a plate full of mashed potatoes and you're like, I do love mashed potatoes. And then like there's all this other stuff on the table and you finish your mashed potatoes and they like add more mashed potatoes to your plate. Now that there's space, <laughs> you're like, I do still like mashed potatoes. I'm just not in the mood for it right now. <laughs> exactly. There's other directions you could take it. Like a lot of people's favorite or favorite game of all time was Legends of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And that's because it's the first 3d one it's not because the bosses were better it's not because the puzzles were better or anything like that it's because it was such a massive leap over what was already precedented um and i wasn't i so far in god of war i haven't gotten that it's not a bad thing it's still a great game but i understand why elden ring was a massive leap to reuse dave's joke um so. And to, to tell all the viewers, or the, again, the listeners, uh, our Discord call when we were watching the Game Awards pretty much exploded with Elden Ring winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like yeah. 80% of that explosion came from Dave. It was mm-hmm. a tremendous experience. We had to mark the channel on SFW, actually. It was, 
for a small time. It was a cleanup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I'm I'm surprised, as I think you guys are too. But it's well earned, right? So, um, it's also nice to see a game get uh get game of the year when it was really early in the year and then it's really held its ground across the entire year by comparison right that's that's a that's a big accomplishment because people are coming off of the high of god of war just launched that is true it definitely came in late in the year and it was also a heavy hitter Mm -hmm. so i think that helped too because if you said like what came out the beginning of 2022 i'd be like i don't know what you mean (laughs) Uh uh-huh right (laughs) I can't remember last week, let alone January. Yeah. When they had the category for like, what was the best fighting game? I'm like, oh, this is going to Guilty Gear. And someone's like, that was not this year. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then I have no idea. I don't fucking yeah. know. But any closing thoughts? How did you guys feel about the Game Awards overall? Was it Was it a fun experience? It was a positive experience. There was announcements made that I liked, performances that were okay. Uh-huh. Uh, that weird kid at the end who was odd and definitely made it weird. Uh huh. Yeah. And I agreed with most of the victories. Yeah, it's good. I largely agree with that. And if I didn't agree with the the victory, it's probably in a category that I'm not even tangentially related to. Uh huh. Right. No. Yeah, I feel the same. Well. I will call it here. Thank you, Ian, once again, for coming on as a guest for the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you. Always appreciate the invitation. Thank you guys again. Yep. Jake, thank you for coming on as well. I appreciate it. Yeah. I um, I do create the calls <laughs> for this. So, you know, <laughs> it does help. But the fact that you don't leave immediately after means a lot to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That would be funny, though. Just get up and, and peace out. One of these days, we'll have an RSS that's like that. Um but not this one. If you guys had opinions about who you think should have been mentioned in the Game Awards or ideas for future episodes, you can always feel free to send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook while the platform exists at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night. Have a good one.